Has anyone ever said to you, it's just a TV show? That's when you know it's time to cut them out of your life. If you don't think it's just a TV show, you'll probably love my podcast, She's Speaking with Emily Hanks. And it's available everywhere you get your podcasts. Start her up. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number three of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy and excitement of a trip to the local movie rental store as a young kid? The exhilaration of walking up and down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and somehow convincing your mom to let you rent an R-rated movie. It's hard to beat the ease of the modern era in streaming platforms where you don't have to put on pants, but there's something truly special about making that trip as a child, picking a movie out by hand, and falling in love with it when you got home. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from the movie rental store era to see if they still hold up. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and with me as always, my athletic co-host, Sean Pryor and AJ Vens. How the heck are you guys? Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. I was a lineman. That was a lineman. I, yeah, I know. I said athletic. School. Athletic. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, filmed, awesome. I filmed the football games. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't have anything to do with sports. I yeah. never will. Yeah. <laughs> I played I played goaltender, the most laziest position in hockey. But most important. Thank most you. Most important. I'm just Thank saying, you, Mike. Yeah, I'm just saying. Have you noticed I'll change the adjective yes. of what I call you guys? That's, yes. a, that's a little fun. thing I'm throwing Ooh, in there. It's a little fun What's thing. What's he going to do next? I don't, like, I, don't like this time. <laughs> I don't like to be pinned down anywhere. So that's I'm right. I'm really happy. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you haven't pigeonholed us yet there, Mike. That's, uh, that's good. I feel, I, feel, I, feel, I feel good about that. <laughs> well, it's so damn good to have you back. I wanted to start today's episode off by uh, reading a review. People have been enjoying the podcast. They've yeah, been writing hey. reviews. Uh, so we'd like to tell people about that. Wait, the re- people have been listening They've to been this? listening. Wow. So if you'd like to have your review read on air, you just got to leave a review. That's, That's all, really you gotta all, all you got to do. Uh, this one comes from Max Dennison. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the real Max Please and thank you. <laughs> He's been gone for a while. Henry um, Katz? <laughs> is that it? No. It might be. I forget it already. <laughs> uh, the review is called Yabos, and it's very simple. It just says, funny, informative, and engaging trip down memory lane. All right. Heck thank you, Max yeah. Dennison. All the points hit. All right. But, we got them. But I want to bring up one more thing. There, someone gave us a one-star review on the oh, Apple sweet. Podcast. Are you they, serious? But they didn't say anything. So what? Like this pisses me off because here's the thing: we, the you guys do. I'm super stoked yeah. podcast. I run these music scene podcasts. I had a podcast about farting where I literally <laughs> just talk about farts, and it's the worst podcast ever. And none of those have negative reviews. How Unreal. is somebody going to review this podcast with a one star where we've put in all this awesome work? That takes effort. That takes that's wow. uh, that's commitment to hating a certain people. That, is that and, jealousy? Uh, who who of you two has like some mortal enemy out there know. that hates everything you do? I don't know. I, I, I swear I don't. I'm sorry, guys. Well, you do, don't you? Oh man. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. You, you didn't. Uh, you did, didn't you? No, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. to each his own. If you really hate it, that's fine. And if that's an honest star, fine. But tell us why you hate. Tell it. us why. I want some reasoning behind it. I, 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 I wholeheartedly disagree with Sean. 
the hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And like, I'm sorry, my farting podcast got taken off the air. Or no. else I would tell you where to find it. But no. literally no one hated my farting podcast. Wow. I, we, we do nothing but give morsels of great information that you can find just by easily typing in this movie on Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we, we project them. We, we filter them through our personalities and, That's and right. we try to relate to the, to the, World, not even the American people, That's not right. even. Like, we're not going way disclose, beyond. We're not even going to disclose where we record this. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not with one star reviews yeah, coming nope, in. Nope, That's sorry. Threat. So, so our proposal to you is: is if you're listening, you're enjoying this, leave us a five star review. Let's help combat that stupid one star review. <laughs> yeah. And also write something funny. Write something interesting. We will read it on the air in a yeah. future episode. If, if even go. if you even if this guy did do a one star, we would read I, it. We would read it. Hundred yeah. percent. Hundred percent. I'd be so excited to read that. So, thank you, Max Dennison, for the fantastic review. Thanks, and buddy. Thanks, gal. Thanks, person. Yeah. Thanks, ghost, dead person. Thank you, individual. <laughs> well, let's 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 just move off that. Let's move on to our our movie for today. Um, in the spirit of completely skipping over Thanksgiving and going on to Christmas, which, <laughs> yeah. which is what we all do. Let's be honest. Thanksgiving's yeah. not really a holiday. Right. We're going to move on to arguably, arguably a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It's yeah, I would, I would have to say that. And full disclosure, guys, we're recording this on the eve of the veil <laughs> coming off of the face of right. Halloween. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The, the thin is, is happening <laughs> and rewatching this movie with any sort of Christmas lights really puts a damper on my heart. Mm. And I just want you to know that the work that I do yes. for you yeah. and it's watching very committed and watching these movies out of out of time, out of sync. Yeah. This is what I do. This, this is what, what I have. This is what offer. he does yeah. for you guys. This is this is absolutely a Christmas movie because it opens up with that wonderful rendition of of Christmas. Uh, the, the the opening song is mm-hmm. a Christmas song. Exactly. It's Jingle Bells. Is it Jing, is it Jingle Bells mm-hmm. Rock or whatever? It's yes. Like, I, okay, and it's just like it Jingle comes out of there with that. There's Christmas lights to be had. It's a Christmas movie. This is more more a Christmas movie, I think, actually, than Die Hard. So Ooh, there it is. Bold statement, and we will get into it. We are, of course, going to take a deep dive into the 1987 action classic that spawned three additional movies and a TV series. We are, of course, talking about Lethal Weapon 1. Woo! Woo! Wow. Isn't there four movies? Well, yeah. There's, four, yeah. There's four I said three He's additional Three movies. additional. Oh, sorry. So My if bad. you would just listen to what I say. <laughs> right. I don't do that. <laughs> so, Sean, Sean, your penance, take us through the details that we need to know about this movie before we dive. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. 1987. Picture pure white on a table. Just. Yeah. Oh, okay. What am I going to sit down and write? Shane Black singing to himself. <laughs> I want to write something um, that's kind of like Dirty Harry, but like with more cocaine. Um, so Shane Black is the writer here. Um, he also uh, wrote, well, wrote and directed the Nice Guys, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, the most recently The Predator, and he also co-wrote The Monster Squad, which will be covered on this podcast at some point. You bet. If we don't die. Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, the, he he actually, he actually had a, a really hard time trying to sell this script. Mm. Um, it, at first, like it might be becoming a theme with, with all of our movies, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it was the script was originally very dark, very dark. I just picture that every script is hard to sell. Yeah, that, that's yeah. just what I'm gonna say. It's a miracle that any movie's made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially in the '80s. 
but uh, originally very dark. And um, actually, the ending had like a, a helicopter chase with like a tanker full of cocaine that exploded, wow. and then white cocaine, like Christmas or Christmas oh, dust. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> a snow was falling all on L.A., which is just like wow. the most Joel Silver thing I could ever imagine. And bad, speaking yeah. of Joel Silver, he's the only one that kind of took a chance on this. He's the producer. He produced every action movie that you ever got a bone or two in the 80s. <laughs> um, literally everything. He's just fueled by cocaine, and uh, we have to thank him for it. Uh, yeah, shopped to several several studios, and then uh, um, Richard Donner came on board, which we all know our Richard Donner. Yeah, and if wonderful. you don't, here's a list. Yeah. The Omen, The Goonies, Scrooged, Superman, and Maverick. So there good enough. Go. With Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love Maverick. At first, <laughs> um, they they wanted Leonard Nimoy uh, to be the director. Leonard Nimoy, of course, Star Trek yeah, fame. Star Trek, yeah. Um, but uh, he uh, didn't think he could he could handle an action movie, so he uh, he uh, went to uh, Three Men and a Baby instead. That came out the same year, <laughs> uh, which that movie's haunted. Uh, so uh, we have our our stars, obviously Mel Gibson playing. Um, uh, Martin Riggs and Danny Glover playing Roger Murtaugh. Roger Murtaugh. Roger Murtaugh. Um, originally, uh, Bruce Willis was originally supposed to play the role of Riggs, uh, and Gibson was offered the role of John McClane, and they both turned down each other's roles. Interesting. And, Weird. Uh, but not only um, was Bruce Willis uh, trying or offered the role, but there was also, now you ready for this? Okay. Kurt Russell. Oh, wow. I can't read that. Patrick Swayze, Michael Keaton, Christopher Reeve, Harrison Ford, Kevin Costner, Michael Douglas, Richard Gere, Sean Penn, uh, Chris Lambert, Michael Norrie, Richard Norton, Richard Norton, Richard Norton, mm -hmm. Richard Norton, you sure? Charlie Sheen, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Alec Baldwin from our last film. So every single male actor of the time was yeah. offered the position? Like, they just went down, like, they, they started at halfway down on, like, 100 Sexiest Men. And like, and then they're just like, okay, that's where we'll, that's where we'll go from here. Just, just start reading them off. We'll just call them. Send them the script. Yeah, just, just send it out. We got a lot of copies. Arnold. I mean, who knows what Arnold was working on? Probably, probably another fucking banger. Yeah. yeah. I like I can't imagine, but, um, yeah, every, every white actor in Hollywood and now let's put it that way. Uh, uh, Richard Donner being kind of, uh, he self-proclaimed pretty liberal director. Um, like he, he likes to say he's, he actually has a lot of references to, um, uh, in this in this movie, even to a lot of uh, organizations that uh, handle more liberal uh, kind of dealings, sure. political political wise, um, but he couldn't see the role of Murtal actually being a black guy, and it was let's see here, Marianne Doherty's uh, who was casting director saw Danny Glover in uh, the the color purple and was like, you he's mm -hmm. great. You need to you need to get him, and so he's like, okay, I guess I yeah, let's just try it. And now we have one of our maybe most iconic. Buddy cop movies. This is like, oh yeah. Would you say this is like the buddy cop movie? To me, it is. I, to, like, to me, it is. Before this, before this, like pretty much defining it for me was like Forty Eight Hours with um, Yep, uh, Nick, Nick Nolte and uh, Eddie Murphy. Right, Eddie Murphy. This, yeah. this kind of took over whatever that had. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, and then before that was Freebie and the Bean. Um, but this is like the ultimate 
buddy cop movie. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I got for that. Well, we've got our we've got our ways of picking movies that you're going to start to figure out. It's a crazy process, and we're just really not going to go into how it's done. But this was essentially AJ's choice. Yes. After having to deal with two spooky spoopy movies, yeah. That we had. So so let's start with AJ. AJ, tell us tell us where you were when you first saw it. I mean, like, how did this come about into your life? So I will start off by saying uh, that I I originally started. B- with the lethal weapon world um in lethal weapon three of course okay. why that's, would you go in a that's normal when I, you right you watch movies coming directly in the middle of them <laughs> and you and you watch a series coming directly at number three yes yes continue. Uh, well it's just based on my age and i remember i remember the vhs my 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 dad had he bought the vhs of lethal weapon three and uh we so naturally i was like well i need to see the other ones if there's more of this i need to see them so I remember going, and we actually did. We got I, we got an Adventureland video, and uh, we got we got one, and uh, I think we may have gotten two as well. It was either that or we got something else with it. <laughs> but we got a couple of movies. Lethal Weapon was on there, and we went and we watched it, and I was I was so excited because when you jump back like that and you see how their bond was formed, yes, and they're <laughs> why are they not friends? Oh my God, they weren't <laughs> friends this whole time when they were kids and growing up together. They didn't go to college together. <laughs> That's what I, I. So you discover uh, this 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 special buddy cop bondage when you uh, when you watch bondage. things in in chronological chronological order. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first time though. Uh, was was watching, and I remember I remember laying on the on the ground and the carpet in the living room. Watching this movie on, on your VHS. stomach with your legs up behind yeah. intertwined. Actually, I was more. Yeah. Of, I was more of like a, a David Hasselhoff kind of <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. laying across the bus. Of course, the, the the bus decals. Yeah, munching so. on a fruit by the foot. Correct. Just, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I probably had McDonald's nuggets or something like that. The, yes, you bet. It's definitely a Hasselhoff. Well, moment. Sean, what about you? When did you first see this? movie? I have no fucking clue, Mike. Yeah, no <laughs> clue whatsoever. Oh. Uh, I I I gotta assume like most of these movies probably it was on TV. Yeah, uh, either that or we rented it and I just like this movie's not like a, a standout for me like I know of it obviously and I know that I've seen it but it's it's one of those movies where like you go back and watch it and it, it just feels like a part of your DNA yeah. and which I think this is probably like a, a antithesis of this podcast with these movies just because I've probably watched it so many times and then just stopped and felt like I hadn't watched it in forever, but then I watched it again, like on this rewatch, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know this movie. I from, remember from the back of my hand, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's probably how TV or some VHS somehow. I specifically remember seeing this at my cousin's house. Um, I'm guessing I really it had probably just come out. I wasn't older than eight or nine years old watching this. Uh, definitely my first R-rated movie that I can remember because oh, wow. I think it was like I think it was kind of like, well, don't tell anybody we're gonna watch this because we've had a couple drinks, not the kids, but like the adults, <laughs> you know. Uh, and it really seemed like a bad idea, but it was exciting because I was young and I'm like, yeah. Right. So that's all. That's all that I, I remember watching it, but I didn't really remember much of it. But I remember seeing it then and then watching it like five, six years later and going, whoa, I can't believe I saw that when I was right. eight kind of a thing. Right. And that's, I mean, like another another thing with these movies, like our parents showing us these movies or just letting us watch them, even if they're on TV, it's just like, wow. Yeah. They, I mean, even back then, PG-13 was pretty new. Yeah. And, you know, Rated R was pretty fucking hard R. <laughs> that's pretty hardcore, man. Like, uh, it was. Um <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, what, what was your, what was your, let's, let's get into the ratings. What was yeah. your preliminary rating of the movie when you saw it, AJ? 
Oh, I, I was hyped on this. This is like a, this is like a, I'm going to give this an eight and a half Ooh. when I first saw this movie. Damn. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, I mean, just like being, it being a part of my DNA, I, I had to, I have to be like B plus area. So I, I'm going to say like a six, six and a half probably was what it was. Yeah. On, on initial viewing. I mean, I was, de- I was a nine. I yeah. mean, we're talking action, yeah. boobies, uh-huh. R-rated yeah. movie, Mel Gibson's like cool guy persona, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's the area of era of Mel Gibson where he yes. still had his accent. You could still hear his like Australian yeah. thing. there. Yeah, you yeah. still get it. Yeah, I was I was all about this. Yeah, uh, like first R-rated movie. Heck yes, I'm in. Yeah. Nine, 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 nine. Well, before we dive totally deep into this thing, my favorite segment of the show is when AJ reads reviews <laughs> of the movie. So tell us what, cool, what was. I guess. What I, mean, was, I have a segment. <laughs> <laughs> and three, two, one. <laughs> AJ, tell us all about it. What's some reviews you found? All right. So uh, I did find some pretty solid ones. Um, let's first, first let's start out. I always give you guys like where IMDB sits as of right now, tons and tons of ratings and reviews on this. This is 7.6 in the land of IMDB out of 10. That's decent. Okay. So solid stuff. Um, if, uh, we talk about rotten tomatoes, we always, we always refer to the tomato meter on here, which is, uh, more or less like your, your, your publishings, your critics and so on and so forth. 81%. Nice. It's pretty solid. Yep. Um, and then the audience score is an 86, 86 percent uh, is is their rating on this. So good stuff. It's very similar to Beetlejuice. Oh, I feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. As as again, we'll call this uh, critically acclaimed, if yeah. you will. This is this was a this is a revolutionary movie actually, and especially when you had guys like Shane Black, Joel Silver, and then Richard Donner coming in as the director, people really got hyped about this. So hyped, in fact, um, that. <laughs> Roger Ebert actually was all on board for this. He was a big champion of it. He was was a huge champion of this movie. So I'll give you a little bit of his. Uh, I like, I like to, I like to get, get the first and the last of, uh, uh, of of Roger Ebert, okay. <laughs> Lethal Weapon is another one of those bruised forearm movies, like later Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. a movie where you and your date grab each other's arm every four minutes and you walk out black and blue and grinning from ear to ear. It's a buddy movie about two homicide cops who chase a gang of drug dealers all over Southern California, and the plot makes an amazing amount of sense, considering <laughs> that the action hardly ever stops. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty big. That's, yeah. that's, that's really big from, from Ebert, man. Um, now about the manner matter of style in a sense, a movie like lethal weapon isn't about violence at all. It's about movement and timing, the choreography of bodies and weapons and time and space in lesser movies. People stand there and shoot at each other and we're bored in a movie with this, with the energy of this one, we're exhilarated by the sheer freedom of movement the violence becomes sur- surrealistic and less important than the movie's underlying energy level. Richard Donner has directed a lot of classy pictures. My favorites are Inside Moves, Lady Hawk, and the original Superman, which is still still the best. This movie, this time he tops himself. Hmm. So there you go. A lot of favorites of Richard Donner as all Robert right, Ebert, right. but he he really thought that this is just the the cream of the crop for Richard Donner. Damn, maybe they so, were dating or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah who knows? they may very well have been. Um, 
uh, Richard Harrington of the Washington Post. He said, Lethal Weapon is a vivid, visceral reminder of just how exciting an action film can be. It demonstrates how that much abuse, that much abused genre, sorry, the, the police procedural can be brought to life by a good director, Richard Donner, and a strong cast headed by the case of Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. So nice. lots of great stuff here, right? Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing solid so far. <laughs> um, I actually tried. I had to go and hunt for negativity. Oh, about really? This movie. Okay, okay. And I, you'll be surprised to know of over two hundred thousand ratings. You read two hundred thousand. That's right. I skimmed you every read. single one of them. <laughs> God damn it! Out of all those, I found one one star review. Okay. One, a single one star review. This That's is what the I'm only one star review on our podcast <laughs> that should ever be. <laughs> damn right. And, and notice how this one star person actually wrote a review. Actually wrote a review. <laughs> Just saying. And it's interesting because I think it's kind of right on the nose with what we do here. Uh, looking back, this movie was a dumb movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I'll admit that when I saw this movie upon its release, uh, I thought it was the most awesome cop movie I'd ever seen. It's only upon looking back with the benefit of 21 years of experience, okay, okay. right, uh, that I can say it truly is a dumb movie. One that doesn't hold up to the scrutiny, a total departure from real life, quote, quote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they bother to make these brainless movies. Are they made just to placate the dumb crowd who would <laughs> who wouldn't know the real police activity if it jumped up and arrested them? This series got stupider and stupider as it went along, <laughs> more insulting to the viewer's intelligence each installment. Eventually, they became a political vehicle for gun control message. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Showing the public the evils of cop killer bullets, you know, the handgun caliber ammunition that can punch right through the blade of a front end loader. Groan. Yeah, right. He's a gun nerd. He's a big gun guy. <laughs> okay. He grew up he grew up and was like, Oh, I learned about guns, so now I don't yeah. think lethal weapons very real. Actually nine millimeters <laughs> nine millimeter clips didn't actually have twelve bullets, they had thirteen. Uh, so they had one in the chamber, so But who's keeping count? Even Murtaugh knows that. Uh <laughs> I'll never watch one of these movies again. They're for idiots. You should stick to documentaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want realistic, you should probably stick to documentaries. Yeah, yeah. I, and, like, you're going to come watch Lethal Weapon for a movie called Lethal Weapon for reality? <laughs> come on. Like, give me a break, man. Give me a break. So, yeah. Well, that's that tells us a lot that the, the views, uh, the reviews were super positive for this movie. Not many negatives. And uh, I think we all kind of felt the same way uh, yeah. from our childhood. So yeah. what do yeah. you say? Let's do it. What do you say? We dive in. I'm ready. I'm ready. In three, two, one. Yeah, let's go. So in the opening scene, Amanda Hunsacker commits suicide by jumping off of a building. We then get a glimpse into the very separate lives of LAPD homicide Sergeant Roger Murtaugh and Sergeant Martin Riggs of the Narcotics Division. Murtaugh responds to the female suicide jumper scene and learns that Amanda was the daughter of Michael Hunsacker, his old war buddy from Vietnam who he hasn't seen in 12 years. Riggs responds to an active sniper situation. 
that Christmas mm-hmm. opening takes a dark turn quick. You're like, yeah, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> yeah. whoa, what's happening? Oh, we just zoomed in on some sort of very bad hooker scenario. All That's what it looks like. All three movies that we've covered so far on this podcast have started with a, a helicopter shot establishing either a town or a building in this case, which is yeah. actually a really fucking cool shot. Yes, it is I, a great I, shot. I really don't know how they did it. Yes. It's really steady. But the helicopter shot comes in with this, with uh, what's Hunsucker? Hunsacker? Hunsacker. Hunsacker. Uh, cleavage. Yes. Cleavage. Immediate just, nudity. Just immediate nudity. Just Joel Silver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need boobies within 12 seconds. I'm going to need movie. at least two nipples. <laughs> We had we had three characters in the first three minutes, pretty much fully nude or implying nudity. I mean, mm-hmm. Glover and Gibson were hanging dong. That's for true. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like maybe you didn't see it, but like uh, uh, Murtaugh's in the tub. Murtaugh's in the tub. You might see some dong yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Riggs gets out of bed. You see his butt. You I mean, this is within the first butt. three minutes. Yep. Uh, he wakes up with a cigarette in his mouth, already lit. <laughs> yeah. And a gun next to his pillow. Like, was he? How long was he asleep? How long was he out? <laughs> 30 seconds. Because I did not like that upon further review. I'm like, come on, man. That's not. Maybe he got up and like got Nashed up, that. but then like lit the cigarette, but fell asleep yeah. again. Maybe like that, that didn't do it for me. Maybe. But man. yeah, I, I also feel bad for, I mean, not bad, but like that dog, just like he's really comfortable around. I, when I, when I, when I had a dog, <laughs> I didn't really like to be naked around it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just, is that just me? No, 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 no. I always think my dogs are at least envious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but you know what? He does. He goes. He cracks that Coors banquet right from the Dude. right from the fridge. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then you have Murtaugh who shows up with his beard and in, in the initial shot, and you never see that beard again. Yep. He's done with the beard. It's like it's like he lost his. Uh, it's like he lost his rigs aspects of, oh. of, of his look. You know, he's getting older. He's getting too old for this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He shakes it off sooner than right. Riggs does, right. basically, is what right. you're saying. Absolutely. I would like to say to the the woman, uh, the actress who was playing the uh, Hunts actor. Jackie Swanson. Jackie Swanson. She actually did that fall uh, herself. What? Uh, the, stunt, the stunt coordinator, uh, I think, hired her specifically, and she did that fall herself, which is wow. really fucking impressive. That's insane. If you look, If you look at the shot, of her coming down on the car, um, like that split second shot until it cuts to like an actual or another stunt person falling onto the car and crashing the windows. It's like a matte painting of that shot. And so Ah. you can see like wrinkles on the car, like uh, of like the mat. Okay. So it's like she just like fell and like hit the mat and like probably jumped up. Okay. But it, it was okay. pretty genius though because it allowed them to get it allowed them to show her falling just before right. she hits the car. It's so yeah. good. Makes like, sense. That's pretty yeah. genius. That, that whole beginning well is so genius. And like it, speaking of that beginning, uh, Shane Black does this all the time. Like he opens up with a woman in peril. He usually dies, and it's set, and it's like the the one like seed. Of like the, uh, a way bigger story that's about to come that like two it's bumbling an important thing yeah two bumbling detectives are gonna are gonna stumble upon and try and figure out you know it's I like that about it but this is like the first movie where it does that you know it's kind of fun to see so I had found also um, the original script that Shane Black actually pitched did you guys find that as well no the I didn't read parts? now I didn't I only got I only got so far into it um, because it is a lot darker this scene and then uh, scene. Coming up shortly, uh, I'll kind of give you the reference point. This is actually she kind of wakes up in this idea, uh, very drugged out of her mind. She starts taking pots and and aiming them at cars 
that are driving by and she finds the game so fun and interesting. She does this several times and then decides that she's just going to jump off herself. Wow. And so that was what it was. That was was. the original. That was the original script that she, she was sadistically almost was uh, throwing these flower pots or other things off and trying to hit cars. Yeah. And Jill Silver's like, no, 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 Flower pots? No, that's too weird. Share our tits out. Let's, <laughs> let's just do that, dude. I I had a I had a maybe it's just a personal family life issue, but with the whole family basically hanging out <laughs> while Murtaugh's in the tub. I know. I was yeah. It's kind of kind of odd. I've, know, never, some I've never seen privacy. my dad take a take a bath before. Yeah. Okay, and now they're basically just being like, Dad, what's up? How you been? Is they're everything all going in good? There. Yeah. I I can't. You you apply that to your own situation, and you just kind of think. Nah, I wouldn't have gone in there. <laughs> I wouldn't have been in there. I wouldn't well, have gone in there. And even in that same shot of him, like his family, it's his birth, 50th birthday? Yeah, 50th, yeah, 50th birthday. birthday. Um, right, right when that, I mean, we get the whole establishing shot and everything yep. like that, the girl killing herself. Um, uh, and then we got music actually by Michael Kamen and Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. And Sloan Whoa. himself. Did okay. you know that? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, uh, Eric Clapton, all that wonderful guitar work. That's all slow hand Clapton right there. Just hanging on that A. Just just (laughs) jamming that A. Just getting all the hand vibrato he can out of that thing. In that tub scene, we we get that sax. And once it starts, there are, I would have to say, thousands of panties that just drop immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What is it about the saxophone and the 80s that just, it just does it for me. I think it's that movie. Like, it's that dramatic, but like, over the top now. To oh me. Yeah, yeah, but but it works so well for this. It like does. it's like, it's like a noir kind of, yeah. but it's not. It it does. It adds that. It does add that like noir aspect to it. You feel like you should have like Murtaugh narrating over the top yes. <laughs> or Riggs like 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 over the top of them driving into the scene. Like it was a cold Sunday. Yeah, like Frank Drebin and and uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like freaking Naked Gun. There you go. <laughs> God, that's awesome. Uh, anything else? Uh, just one little small thing. Do it. Why it. His, his daughter's friends, played by Tracy Wolf, by the way, Ooh. first role. Um, hey, girl. his daughter's friends come in, st- uh, and he and he steals their bacon, and he says, Does "Anybody close doors around in this house?" Meanwhile, there's a whole chunk of wall, <laughs> whole chunk of wall <laughs> missing in the kitchen, correct, and it's never addressed. It is never, never addressed. It's it's never addressed. Uh, and you always, I always thought to myself, like, oh, that's right, because. You think about it, even actually as the as the series goes on, there's always construction in that house. <laughs> yes, because there was always probably a shootout the night before. <laughs> a car going through <laughs> the fucking bay window. <laughs> so yeah, so this is happened right. before, is what. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. This is not Murtaugh's first rodeo. <laughs> like, actually, I like that explanation better than yeah. no explanation. Yeah. Like clearly, yeah. he's this has happened before. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's had multiple daughters and sons kidnapped yeah. with from green berets before. Right. <laughs> All right, moving on to scene number two. Riggs acts undercover to buy cocaine from three dealers at a Christmas tree lot and apprehends them after causing a big scene. We learn that Riggs, a formal, former Special Forces soldier whose wife was killed in a car accident three years prior, has turned suicidal and possibly why he's been taking his aggression out on suspects. The police psychiatrist warns the captain to take Riggs off the streets. Instead, he is reassigned to work with Murtaugh in Homicide. Riggs and Murtaugh meet for the first time 
in an eventful altercation. We quickly learn that they are not getting along and constantly at odds with each other. We also learn that Amanda Hunsacker's death is ruled a murder. Ooh. Maybe the most iconic meet cute never oh, in, in cinema ever. Absolutely. Oh my god. By the way, if you if you uh, watch this or get it like on Amazon or wherever you download it from, uh, like PlayStation Store, wherever you can watch like the trailers. I highly recommend watching the trailer. <laughs> How they the used to original, sell movies from back in the yeah, day. The original theatrical trailer you need to go and watch. And one, it gives you a perfect reference of how movies looked back then. They were so grainy, so warmly yes. toned, like everything. And this scene is a part of that. And like what, watching the Christmas tree lot scene? The the Christmas tree lot. And then also when he yeah, he kind of does his slappy yep, face. Yep. But also when Murtaugh and Riggs meet for the first time. Nah, and that is a good over. scene. And uh, and so you watch that in that and you're just and then uh, the the narrator of the theatrical trailer, <laughs> Riggs Murtaugh. <laughs> it's just like, OK, we're in. I'm I love, in, baby. I love this movie already. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit what happens. So uh, the other thing is uh, this is the other scene I wanted to reference uh, as far as the darkness that really actually was portrayed. Now, you referenced the dog previously um, <laughs> of of Riggs, right? Yeah. Riggs has this thing with dogs, okay? They kind of wrote this in, and he it's a continuing oh, yeah. theme um, that happens throughout the series. Well, Riggs actually, uh, in his opening scene, rather than getting to know him via this Christmas tree lot um, with buying Coke, mm-hmm. um, which is hilarious. We'll get into uh, that. Yes, we will. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so initially, the scene is actually, he rolls up on uh, four different sailor kind of like dock workers, Um rolling around uh, sitting around drinking and this is in the original script in the original script sorry uh and where they were he these four guys are standing around more or less like torturing a dog oh wow and so i'm beating up on a dog spraying beer in its face doing all this stuff and Riggs does his normal fun guy attitude and sits down says, hey guys mind if i join you that kind of stuff and he's like he's like they're like what are you doing here get out here he pulls out a bottle of jack or whatever and they're like all right yeah you can stick around (laughs) and they're like oh you should you know he shouldn't do that to the dog he ends up just destroying these dudes (laughs) and letting the dog go and takes the bottle with him, starts drinking, and the dog follows him yeah, along. Yeah, okay, oh, cool. I like that, that. That is how he, this, honestly, I feel like that's how he got this dog. Sure, okay, That's how okay. I now, now think he got this dog. Yeah. yeah he just shows up whenever he wants, me. you know? So uh, that's my little dog story about that, but also the original darker script. Dog torture yeah. is That's pretty fucked messed, up. Okay? No and, like it. And to think to try and show that on screen? Exactly. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Exactly. No thanks. We I can was, watch... We can watch the chick commit suicide off a yeah, building oh, any day, yeah, but yeah, you, you yeah. mess with the dog, not a chance. Someone gets their head cut off, blood spurts everywhere. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Not a big deal. Don't don't touch that dog's tail. That's yes. right. Just leave it alone. Okay, so Christmas tree shopping yes. okay. with cocaine. <laughs> How are they doing that just out in the open, literally drinking <laughs> beer looks, and selling coke in the middle of downtown? It looks like Sunset Boulevard. It is. <laughs> That was mind-blowing to me. I know. It really is. It really is shocking. It's like, there's got to be families walking around here. <laughs> like, And then ultimately a shootout just yeah. in the middle of the downtown. No yeah. big deal. Absolutely. No regard for anyone. <laughs> it's like, there is, there is like, foliage in, in California. Yeah. You could just go there. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> the fact that it is Christmas trees, though, just because it is, like, around... Christmas again. Christmas just movie. so cool. Yeah. I I love that aspect and and the whole interaction between them, like you like you said with 
with the deleted scene mm-hmm. uh, of him just acting so cool and, and like, yeah, it that's going to be awesome. $100,000. He's like, okay, <laughs> he's one, he's two. <laughs> oh, I, I can't afford that. Not on my salary. I'm sorry. <laughs> fun, fun fact for you. One of the drug dealers at the Christmas tree stand was Anthony Kiedis's dad. It, Blackie, was, Blackie, Blackie, damn it. Yes. I was like, what? He looks like someone from uh, Point Break. Yeah. And Anthony Kiedis is in that. And there you go. It's like, yeah, dude, actually, that's pretty cool correlation. Yeah. Maybe he, like, played the same role his dad did almost in a right. in a Shit. later movie. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, this was when he stomps him and then, like, this is when we start getting that action. Yeah. All right. Well, and seeing his unhingedness. Yes. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Why was that guy in the truck? With the shotgun, <laughs> why, why? Why is there? Why is there a bad guy in the in the behind him in the truck at the trees that he's just gonna start yeah. waylay and just buckshot everywhere? Hey, What's yo, going on? Hey, yo, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna sell a yeah, shit ton yeah. of cocaine. We're gonna sell yeah. a shit ton. Shit ton. Like, we're, to we're gonna set up all these trees around Sunset Boulevard, right in the middle of the fucking street. It looks like okay, you're gonna get in the back of the truck, right? Just in case there's a, a L.A. a really unhinged L.A. cop that yeah. maybe has his wife killed, and special forces even. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna mess. If an unlikely event like that happens, come out with that fucking blast shotgun. With that. Yeah, yeah. Just bring out the boomstick, dust his own guy first, and then <laughs> and then this is where you start. You you really start counting bullets for rigs, yes, right? Yes, because it's like, all right, we got to make sure this is uh, sticking true to the real gunplay, as a uh, one star review man was saying. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like, shoot, 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 yeah. shoot, shoot, and he's he's rolling on the ground. This is classic <laughs> shootout, guys. Yes, it it's is. great. It's great. Well, I I also like once like he gets kind of held up by I'm assuming Blackie. I think so. Yeah, he's one of them. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Guy um, in the red. He gets held up by him, and he's like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him right now, shoot me, shoot me, and like that. Energy. We'll talk about his performance as, as we go, but like, um, that's it's it's just really really scary, and it's really really believable. Mm-hmm. Like him, because and once he gets the gun from the guy and sticks it up in his shin, yeah. it looks like he really wants to kill him. Like just just him, there's a line later in the movie we'll we'll get to too, which is even more heartbreaking. But it it's really really intense, and I think maybe Mel Gibson's one of his best performances. He gives right here, in my opinion. Well, and it, and then it bleeds through that craziness, bleeds through into the suicide scene, right? Which is like really it went hard. on longer than I thought it did, and it just keeps going. And you're like, "Geez, man, this this yeah. is really intense. It's really they, tough. They really play it out." Yeah, I, I found it like almost un, unwatchable. <laughs> and yeah, I was, right. I like was like tensing up just watching it, even though I know there's. Five more movies, four more movies, <laughs> at least seven, and a t- yeah, in a TV <laughs> series, and and uh, we'll get to that too. But to maybe a sixth movie. Who knows? Whoa, who knows? Um, but I liked I liked to just juxtapose with the scene directly after, which is like eight bumbling, like beat cops just trying to get in time for <laughs> caroling. Yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah made no sense. somehow it works. <laughs> it, it does. It does. The ups and downs of this movie are great. It's good dynamics. They keep, and they keep dynamics. injecting that little feeling of Christmas in there. That's they right. Just a little bit. They're, they're going to keep reminding you. This is a Christmas movie, man. Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays the uh, psychologist, actually uh, has done quite a few um, movies like this in the 80s. She's in the Monster Squad. Yeah. As the mom. And she's a mom in like a, a plenty of other movies. But she's a uh, TV anchor in Die Hard. 
Damn. Uh, and I believe one one other big thing, but I always love seeing her pop up, and uh, she's great in this. And I also love in our, our movie next week that we'll get to just not listening to women. <laughs> like, that's very true. Wow, dude. Yeah. Like, just maybe give her a sec. Like, I'll have to take a shit. Uh, it says men. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. yeah. That's the late 80s for you. Yeah. Gross. All right, so moving on, we are introduced to our bad guys, Mr. Joshua and Gener- General Peter McAllister, who heads up a group of former CIA and Special Forces men who now use their skills and former contacts in Asia to participate in the illegal drug trade. Riggs and Murtaugh respond to a potential suicide jumper, and Riggs handles the situation. Murtaugh is having some doubts about the sanity of Riggs. You don't say. You don't <laughs> say, right? Uh let, let's let's just let's just get it off. The, let's just talk about it. Busey as a bad guy, so good, brilliant. That that's a, supposedly the first and only time he's ever played a bad guy role. Yeah, and apparently I think he lost like sixty pounds just to do it. Yeah, like he, he was really really into it. Yeah, he uh, he he shows up uh, like most of this movie. He looks like the manager. Of a country club, <laughs> and so he's he's pretty intense. Uh, he and and they talk about him. Um, you know, he he plays it very very well. He it's does. very sadistic the way he is, and especially in this scene, um, the, the lighter with scene, the lighter. Yeah. Mr. Joshua, your arm, please. And you can tell he's slightly apprehensive about it, but he's hardcore as it is. He's a trained dog. He is. He yes, he is. And so, uh, and Peter McAllister, uh, the dad. From, I'm pretty sure he does that in real life, by the way. The lighter. He probably does. does. He really? Busey is crazy. He is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was that crazy back then. I feel like his craziness grew. I think time. so. I think so. But, uh, but yeah, um, uh, Peter McAllister, the dad in Home Alone, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, the <laughs> just his name is Peter McAllister in okay. Home Alone. Sorry, uh, you, deep no, reference. No, no, you no. Can, I have a I have a theory. I have a okay, fan okay. theory evolving. Oh. Would, you, would you like to finish your statement about Peter uh, McAllister? First? I was just going to mention this is kind of your quintessential like older bad guy. That's really all we have going here. There's nothing shocking about him to me. Nothing. He is just almost too warm-hearted of a human being to be like uh, Mr. Joshua. Huh? Uh-huh. It's like, all right, Is well, Mitchell it, Ryan, like the the head honcho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He, I'm actually gonna save my fan theory. You you okay. can. He, you say he's the dad in Home Alone. Well, Peter McAllister is, is the name is of the, name the, of the dad, dad in Home Alone, and it's also the name of our bad guy. Is it really? Yes, yes. it is. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was going to say, no, sir. <laughs> that is not the same guy. You John Hurt is in our next movie exactly. next week. Correct, yes. <laughs> so, you, wait, wait, you're going to save your I, fan theory? I have a fan theory. I'm going to save it till the end. Till the end? I have a fan theory uh, that, that is going to take shape when I'm done. All right. Okay. okay. I love okay. it. I, uh, I would also like to say Tom Atkins as um, Michael Michael Hunsaker. Yes. Yes. Um, Mm. Love Tom Atkins, also in the Monster Squad. Uh, one of my favorite like B actors, and I I really like seeing him in in bigger movies like this because I like Monster Squad or not Monster Squad, sorry, um, Night of the Creeps, which also Shane Black wrote. But one of my favorite B actors ever, and maybe he we'll get to it, but he maybe has one of the best on screen deaths of the '80s in this movie. Ah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it's I think it's before they talk the jumper down. There or maybe after. Uh, there is a, a marquee behind them that says Lost Boys. Yes. Because it had, ju- it would, it had just come out? or um, So I have here uh, Lost Boys in the background on the marquee. Lost Boys came out in July while Lethal Weapon came out four months before. Oh, nice. And so uh, Richard Donner was like an executive producer 
on so uh, like, let's throw it up on there. Lost Boys. Yeah, and he's he he really liked to tout his uh, other products that he had going on and uh, just threw that up there. Apparently, interesting. Dude. Okay. Um, back to Busey. Uh, he credits this role with reviving his movie career. Okay. Supposedly, B- I didn't know much about Busey, but supposedly he had a good career and then it was sort of failing mm-hmm. until he took this role. And then, I mean, that kind of started his fame, if you will. I mean, he did Predator 2, Point Break, Under Siege, The Firm, Rookie of the Year. Boom. All <laughs> after this. Uh, yeah. And a couple other people, tell me if you think these would work. A couple other people were considered considered for the role of Mr. Joshua, which is what Busey played. James Woods. Oh, wow. What? He would have definitely wow. won. Yeah. Christopher Walken. Oh, wow. I, he could have played yeah. that psycho. At that age, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Lee Jones. Interesting. I think, I think, all, all, of them. I think all of them could have played yeah. that really yeah. well. Very well. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Uh, this jumper scene. We, we don't want to miss out. I was out saving on, it for you. Jeff. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to miss out on this jumper scene. Okay. Um, because this is, again, this is, this is classic Riggs and he has no remorse. He has no, like he is, um, he's, he's just ready to go up and just do whatever it takes to get the job done. You know what I mean? And he even handcuffs himself to a jumper to get the job done. <laughs> but he's legit cool with dying. Yeah. He's he's wrote it off like he he is OK with it. Whatever happens, happens. Come what may, if you will. And it's just like, all right, uh, when they make that jump, uh, the, one of the things I wanted to point out is uh, kind of a fun little tidbit. When they do do the jump and you see that slow motion from underneath, their handcuffs are not attached. Yes. Um, and they actually have to reach back to grab hands to make sure their hands stay together really? during the jump. Cause scene. that would be very dangerous. Oh yeah, absolutely. They could float away from each other, yeah. pull each other's arms off, like things like that. So they did, they, in doing the jump, they actually had to un unhook the cuffs. They left them on, but they were not hooked together. It's like, so it was very interesting. Doc's another star from that one man. <laughs> That's damn right. <laughs> um, and then of course, at the, at the very end of this, you have, uh, Murtaugh just freaks out really mad. And he is just not happy about this. <laughs> like really intense. Mad. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he, I love it when he goes in and he tries to slam the door, but it swings <laughs> right through. I love that. <laughs> But they have the back and forth, and this is that this is that really intense moment between them where Mur- Murtaugh makes the realization: you're not trying to draw a psycho pension. Yeah, you really are crazy. Yeah, he figures it out. Yeah, and every time something like this happens with Riggs, it happens the first time with the guys when he's with the, when he's saying "shoot me, shoot me," or "I'm going to shoot you." He, you see this, you see this, like the the intensity, the adrenaline sink away from his yeah. face. Yeah. Every single time. It's very, very good acting. Yeah. It's just such strong acting. Yeah. I, lo- I love that scene. I, yeah. That, that really like that, like it, that is almost the, like the bubble burst or like the, uh, just them like really getting to know each other. Like, okay, I know who you are now. Yep. And I kind of know Murtaugh now, you know? Uh, and in the car ride after, or like after this, they, they really start to get to know each other yep. and, and all their back and forth is really good. Right. I really like at one point he, um, uh, Murtaugh gives him like a command and he's like, Roger. He's like, what? Oh, uh, 10, four. <laughs> I love that. that was they have good. some great little jokes in there. <laughs> I didn't buy the inflatable bag during the jumper scene. Like why no. was that not known that there was a bag and why was, why were they so freaked out that they were jumping when there was clearly a bag waiting to catch them at the bottom? Yeah. Like that was never gone over. You're like, Oh, they jumped. They're going to, 
Oh, there's just a bag down there. They it's did hit catch the bag. Them. Okay, yeah. then I guess this is. What so I it guess is. we don't have to worry about that guy jumping. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's the LAPD okay. in the '80s. <laughs> They're not necessarily want to take that much time in, in, with a lot of things, especially racially. And I know this guy, whatever. But I just have to imagine they were preoccupied with something else. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that thing would just kind of implode when they hit. Maybe. <laughs> he does say Actually, okay, so it, it may not have held. Okay, I would like I to it. imply that Murtaugh and Riggs are the only good cops in L.A. Apparently. <laughs> I love it when he says they're going back and forth with each other, and Riggs just says, what, you wanted him down? I got him down. What do you want? <laughs> they're like, well, yeah. It's like, that's not the way we wanted him down. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, moving on. Murtaugh and Riggs attempt to question Amanda's pimp, but find a drug lab on the premises, leading to a shootout. Riggs kills the pimp and saves the life of Murtaugh, who starts to tolerate his new partner. He invites Riggs to his house for dinner. The next day, they spend some time at the shooting range, as well as deducing that a prost... A prostate. My note says prostate. <laughs> it does. I think that was an autocorrect. <laughs> Deducing that a prostitute named Dixie may have been the one who poisoned Amanda. It is, it is what I call my prostate. I was though. gonna say <laughs> prostate <laughs> named Dixie. Yeah, we've all been there. And that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Kirby enthusiasm oh music God. starts playing. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Why? Okay, so Murtaugh, like, they have this nice evening, and he's clearly had a couple whiskeys, and mm-hmm. he's, he, oh, I have this evidence package that was sent to me. It's basically just a porno and a year and a high school yearbook. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, she had a twin. And then, like, first of all, why did he get this? Why is this evidence? Yeah. And then why did they reference the twin? Then did that ever come back? It never really came so, like, back what, around. What was the point of that scene? Just, just to see question. more titties? I mean, I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, I I, it also could be. I think here's my theory on it. Okay, give me a fan. Is I feel like this is actually, I feel like this evidence actually came from potentially the uh, the killers. uh, Okay. Oh, okay. And so that's this is my theory. I don't know. But I think it actually came from them because you know, where they get this video, maybe it was sent to them and labeled as an evidence package. And then they send that along and they reference it references the um, twin sister because later on, uh, Huntsacker will he said, I believe he says, I have another daughter I have to think about. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So rather than. It's a scare tactic. Leave this alone or the other daughter's going to gotcha. the same way, maybe. You know what I mean? Hmm. I wish uh, you would have directed this movie and then you could have, you know, I could have understand that a little better. <laughs> just, that, just that, like, slimy layer of melted cocaine that, right. that, that and we just got to get, get through. We got to right. get more titties in this movie. How do we do it? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and I, I love these a uh, couple of big scenes. First off, um, I really thought that covers over pools were going to be a bigger problem in my life (laughs) when I was younger, when I saw this, especially after getting shot. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is, that is a terrifying thing. And I'm just like, why is it just cellophane plastic that's all over this pool? Like, is that what it is? That's just what people cover their pools with. I really was terrified of every pool that had a cover. Unbreakable. Unbreakable is unbearable. Oh my God. I mean, I love that movie, that scene though. Oh Oh, no. Yeah. You don't do that. Worst fears. Yeah, absolutely. so that's that's one big thing for me. Again, uh, we, we also have <laughs> we also have um, I love it when 
they, they show up and they just walk in and there's just these two girls just cutting up cocaine, <laughs> just cutting heroin there's or whatever. On, there's the, the onset cocaine. Yeah. They're like, nah, it. yeah, they're just like, they just walk right in and they make it. Murtaugh makes a good reference. The girl coming out as they're driving in says, hey, guys, come on in. And he's like, well, you don't need a warrant if they let you in. <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, there we go. And so it just seemed like this is one of those things that I feel like is a little bit washed over and and maybe that's a little too fast that drug dealer has like no major for it other than the fact that he's got another shotgun that he's shooting at these guys yeah yeah he has no driving factor of this other than the fact that they needed somebody to shoot at somebody that's yeah and and they (laughs) needed they needed murtaugh to witness riggs killing another person right and he does it really well. I have a note here. I don't know. I don't know why. And I don't know. Whatever. But the guy has a really good death face. Oh, when yeah. He, when he gets shot. I'm sure. I'm sure it's like a really scrunched up. But, yeah. Oh, my God. And it look, I mean, like, it looks like, is there like a goon school for like 80s There's goons? Yeah. I mean, like recirculation. I, just like the stunt department. It's right like, next what is, to the WB studios. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like to think that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and not to pick apart this entire scene for, I keep finding things wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like how in, in modern day, 38 year old Mike Schulte world, I'm like, yeah. how are they having a full on conversation with ear protection and guns firing yeah. at, the, at the firing range? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah Have you I ever agree. been to a gun range? Yeah, it's loud in there. And then you wear headphones because it's so loud. You're correct. There. But they're having a very important conversation yes. while shooting guns. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, and they're they're picking apart they're picking apart their their whole like uh, what, what do they call it uh, their uh, plan or their like uh, I don't know how, yeah. how everything came apart. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, how it all happened and why they're doing this. And they're just like, now oh, that's thin. That's super thin. <laughs> well, thin's thin's my middle name. Well, your wife's cooking. I really been. <laughs> They're becoming buddies. Now. They're becoming buddies. I really, so, I really like at the dinner scene too. Tracy Wolf, his daughter, is crushing so hard. Yeah, oh, I know. And I'm like, does she crush on all of his partners? Right. Like, well, get and her, what's the rein her in a little bit? What's the perceived age range here? Like, she's clearly out of high school. I don't know. She I looks like she, she might is. still be in. Let's let's just say safe? she's an 18 year old oh, senior in high school. Okay. All right. Then how old is Riggs supposed to be? Probably if if his partner's fifty, Riggs is probably he's got to be forty, upper thirties, right? Upwards, up yeah, upper thirties. That's I would a big say. that's a big gap there. Big yeah, gap. That's but a, his yeah. hair, man. Yeah. I yeah. mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I have it in my big my beginning of my notes. We're just like. I, I pictured it as a mullet this entire time, and it looks more like a mullet like on the cover, yep. which I'm which just turns me off. Right. But then you see his ass. And then that mullet and, and his first Slightly shot. Slightly hairy like, too. Look at that. Yeah. There's a little hair there. There is. Well, he, you know. I mean, he's a normal man. He's yeah. not a he's not a model, okay? <laughs> yep, yep. Normal man with a little hair on his hey, ass. Man, a lot of people go for the Brad Pitt Fight Club bod. I want the Mel Gibson Lethal Weapon bod. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's be honest here, guys. We'll get to Endo's moment here, but when those things are, when those shocks are going through them, those abs, they get great cheese, You man. Let's, let's work together, AJ. Yeah. You do Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon bod, and I'll yeah. do Kurt Russell in Escape from New York bod. Fantastic. Let's work on it. And Mike, I'll you do just, Brad Pitt. You just be yourself because you you're are. already in good shape. Thank bro. you, guys. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, guys. I, so I, great. I say this to all my peers. I'm like, Mike Schulte looks exactly like Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. With a better beard. Yeah. All right. So moving along. 
The next morning, Riggs and Murtaugh go to Dixie's home to question her, but her house explodes just as they arrive. Investigating the site, Riggs finds part of the bomb a mercury switch, knowing only a professional would use such a device. A neighborhood child also remembers seeing a Caucasian blonde man at Dixie's earlier who had a Special Forces tattoo similar to Riggs' own. Seeing a connection to Vietnam, they decide Michael Hunsacker knows more than he's admitted, and Murtaugh confronts him. While there, Hunsacker admits to being involved in a heroin smuggling operation known as Shadow Company, and McAllister killed Amanda. He is then gunned down by Mr. Joshua in a helicopter when he was about to reveal the entire operation. That's... This that's is a, getting thinner. This, this is getting real thin, guys. Boy, the, the, this is this is, I believe, what what Roger Ebert at the time must have been talking about with with timing, putting bodies in place, making things work. You know, this is this is part of it. I really do believe what he's talking about. It's really well structured and really well, really well written. And uh, there's there's not a, like a I'm sure like there's like a page that goes by of like exposition. Like if you're actually reading the script by itself mm-hmm. and then I'm sure the next page is like a fucking house exploding. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got to be because that's what the movie's like. Like I, I expect it watching it now. Like when they're walking up to, to the house, I expect it now. But like, I'm sure when I first watched, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I know what? Yeah, uh, and then like the kids out front are, are hilarious and adorable. Oh, they're so good. Um, and I love, I love when they're questioning, uh, Albert, I believe is his name. I think so, yeah. And uh and they're just trying not to give things away and don't tell him your name, Albert. He's like, no. <laughs> and so when he's uh when he looks at Riggs's uh tattoo, yep, and he's like when he said he was painted, and you're like they're like paint, paint, paint it, paint it, yeah, paint it. And it's like it looked just like that. Yep, I saw it. And he's like, and you see Riggs, he's just like, Are you sure? <laughs> yep, that was it. And he's just yep. like, he's just, Riggs, that's a special forces tattoo. He's like, special forces, Mercury switches. This is when it really starts to thicken. Yeah. And I, and I love that. It gets real serious. Somehow, somehow, a house exploding didn't make it serious enough. <laughs> the special forces but tattoo. But special forces somehow did. And I think that plays up to the music and and uh, the, the character yeah, little, little play in the character there. So. I would also like to add that this is like a post-Vietnam movie. Like it, this, it's all it's all over the characters in this movie. Like even Murtaugh when he when he gets the message from Hunsaker, like he he notices that his daughter has died. He's like, I haven't talked to him since the war. And obviously Riggs uh, in the scene in the scene previous to this when he's over at his house is like like you actually like just only killed. He was like it's the only thing I was ever good at. And that's to me the most heartbreaking line of the movie. Right, like. As soon as his wife is dead, he he's got no anchor anymore. He's he's totally unhinged, and this is obviously where we meet uh, Rig, our Riggs and our version of Riggs in this movie. But it's really really heartbreaking to hear him say that, and only fuels our love of their duo even more because now Murtal is going to become his anchor. You yep, know, it, yep. I love that. Right, right. Did you uh, did you did your ears perk up all of a sudden when the when the the young black kid said uh, police shoot black people? Yes, it, oh, it yeah. was like a. I, I imagine. I mean, this has always been an issue, and not to get into that, but like back then, it was probably like ha ha ha. But now it's like it's totally perceived differently. Right. Yeah. That line of the police shoot black people was like whoa. It, right. it like Yikes. stopped me, and I said, oh, what you can't say that. And right. I was like, oh, 
yeah, this was a long time ago, and yeah, we it's haven't corrected, that. haven't changed at all. We haven't corrected that one. Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and especially coming from little kids who are that's right, know, that's what they're growing up with. It's like, gosh, that is just awful. Coming, that's coming terrifying. From little kids who are just playing on a car and witness an explosion and scares the two homicide detectives doesn't phase them whatsoever. What the- <laughs> They are hardened kids. And wasn't he wearing like 3D glasses? Yeah. Yeah. So he was probably tripping the fuck out. (laughs) That explosion looked baller to him. (laughs) Uh, And and to continue my picking a part of this movie, we just learned how great of a shot Riggs is and how dead eye accurate (laughs) he is. And he couldn't hit the helicopter. Okay. Okay. Uh, You help me out on this one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The fact that he is still taking shots at that helicopter <laughs> and that thing is at least a mile and a half off. Yeah. Your nine millimeter Beretta ain't going to touch it, man. <laughs> like, and he's, he's, he's invested in those oh, shots. Yes. yes he he is. thinks he's got it too. Two, 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 more of that coming at you. And he empties that clip and he's like, Darn it, I didn't get him. <laughs> it's like, really? Well, you're shocked. Like, come on, you man. You just made a smiley face at the gun range. <laughs> yeah. From 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. You can't hit that helicopter. I know. <laughs> Again, uh, this is Hansicker's uh, demise. Yes. And you were talking about that. Well, before, I mean, to add to like the, uh, it's a directing term I'm, I'm trying to uh, get in my head, uh, the blocking of the scene. He gets up and just casually grabs a jug of eggnog. A jug of eggnog. <laughs> a carton of eggnog. Full, they just keep on a it rack there for full guests. of carton of eggnogs. Yep. Just a rack of them. I'm, I know it's a party and I know it's Christmas time. Like it's like it's waiting on a cart outside of a classroom or something. Not for milk, milk time. It's almost like he knows his time is up too. Like <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chug this cholesterol. Yeah. And he's giving up. That is that is one of the best death scenes I think is him getting shot through the chest through the eggnog. Through the eggnog. Done for. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Fantastic stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> As Riggs and Murtaugh attempt to investigate Dixie's connection, the increasingly increasingly violent members of Shadow Company make an attempt to kill Riggs and then kidnap Murtaugh's daughter, Rianne. Ryan. Ryan? I think it's Rianne. 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 Murtaugh agrees to meet Shadow Company in the desert to exchange himself for Ryan. Rianne. What, can, we, can we agree, Rianne? <laughs> Rianne. Rianne. Okay, Rianne. cool. With Riggs providing sniper cover from a distance. Ultimately, all three are captured and tortured. Riggs frees himself and rescues Murtaugh and Rianne. After a fight in a downtown L.A. nightclub, Riggs chases Mr. Joshua onto the street, attempts to cut him off on the freeway, though Joshua ultimately escapes. Murtaugh kills Peter McAllister. Boom. Home Alone's dad. You ready, yeah. for, you ready for my fan theory? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So, right. so Peter McAllister in this movie is yeah. also Peter McAllister from Home Alone. Right. Okay. He survives. Oh. He, gets, he somehow gets out of the car and survives. He turns informant mm. and goes on to live out the rest of his life at home with his family, because he has a family. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and that's how he afforded that nice of a house with that many kids right. in Home Alone. I'm sure he's pretty neglectful, too. Yes. Oh. a former drug dealer. He uh, is. Uh. He's that, I mean, that's how he has. And they moved to Chicago. They moved a family to Chicago. Right. You know, that's why they're that's why Kevin doesn't like he's kind of a dick because, yeah. just. you know, you got it. I like it. I, th- I think um, I we've subscribe. made so many connections in this in this sort of universe of movies. I think it's. Not far whatsoever from the truth. Well, yeah. and, and real quick, this was 1987. When was Home Alone 1, can you ask? Is that 91? Ooh. 
Um, we're going to look it up right now. Home 90, Alone was 1990. So 90, that was a couple okay. years to get the family yeah, moved. Yeah. And shifted out of there and set, special set forces, up somewhere else. He knows else. people, you know? Yeah, he's got connections. Yeah. You know? And they did some, like, facial reconstruction surgery. Yeah, so for that sure. looks different. him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. De-aged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. All right, good. I like it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. And that's our show. <laughs> uh, so we've got... Um, <laughs> uh, they make the attempt. They're trying to the, now. Now they're out on the streets. They're they're hitting the streets. They're beating the streets. All right. And uh, when they do a drive by on rigs, like, and again, it's so fast. Everything is just so fast. And like, it, it, they celebrate pretty heavy, don't they? They're like, Riggs is down, sir. And he's just like, they're really hyped on that. And now, <laughs> but I love how they twist this around and they, they, they're able to make it. So Riggs is dead, you know, that to their eyes, he's dead. Um, well, I, I sorry. One, one quick thing. I believe it's Busey bef right before he shoots Riggs. He's like, time to turn up the heat. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess like, so. Time to turn up the heat on the fucking script too. Jesus yeah. Christ. And so it, it does. They're, they are, they're adding intensity as you go along with all this. Um, now the capture, the capture is another thing. Now they bring back the helicopter. Did they get this helicopter from an, an old TV news crew that went out of, of his, like what's going on? Here? It only, no, it only makes noise when it's on camera yeah. too. Yeah. It is the eighties. It is the late eighties, early nineties and helicopters were the most badass thing. And we're talking <laughs> airwolf. We're dude. I'm a sucker for helicopters yeah. because of the eighties. Blue yeah. thunder. Yes. Okay. I just right. watched it like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love helicopters and, and I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Whoever right. that stunt pilot was, was a badass. Yeah. Like he's flying side. He's like tapping the car. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's being a real son of a bitch on those cars. Uh, well, I think you'll like this, Mike. If you if you like Blue Thunder, I think that that helicopter is in Blue Thunder. See, I read that, and I think it's the same pilot. See, wow, there you go. I'm just saying, go. he probably flew for Airwolf too. Probably just throwing it out there, okay? Probably. So and yeah, that they, guy was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> they make the connection. They make the connection that the that the guy that Rianne has been seeing is is in fact Mr. Joshua. Um, no, that that's not right, is it? Yeah, yeah. They make the connection. Oh, because because when he gets shot. And they're sitting in the car. They get a call, and he says, "He's." They say, "Unit such and such, W twelve, um, with it's dimples, like right? that's you." Is like, oh, okay. Let me guess. He's uh, blonde hair with big dimples. How'd you know that, sir? He's like, "Hey, wait a second. They just described. They just described the guy that my uh, the boy my daughter's seeing. So uh, that's who he's been seeing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I okay. Okay. That's who his daughter's been seeing. Yeah. I Whoa. thought, but then maybe I read something in a in a script where like there was an actual scene where they crept up on like Rianne and her boyfriend and like killed the boyfriend Is and that then really? took her. Maybe that was that not in the movie? Am I imagining this? Maybe. No, that wasn't in the movie. Okay, <laughs> that so, wasn't in there. So I, thought, I, I was under the assumption that no, like I thought that, yeah, but I don't think it is. Well, because that's my thing is like they say blonde hair, big dimples. That's Gary Busey, right? So well, yeah, that's what triggers Murtaugh, and he's yeah. like, "Well, I gotta go to my family now." Right. I mean, she does like older dudes. <laughs> she does. She's got a thing for older dudes. All right, I'm sold. I'm into so, it. So, I'm sold. Okay. And so he's charming. I mean, I don't approve whatsoever. <laughs> right. Just for the PC people out there, 
I don't approve. Right? We're not here approving this. No. We're just saying, hey, it was a different time back then. All right, crazy. <laughs> All right, crazy. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the wildest take we've had hey, on you. <laughs> I'm into it. More wild than my Peter McAllister theory. <laughs> can, can we talk about how uh, Endo is played by Al Leong? Fuck yeah. And it is his least badass role that he's yeah. ever had in his life. He it's, did nothing. It's, yeah. it's pretty piss poor of him because we know what he can he, do. We know yeah. how badass he is. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I got killed. Hit I him like, again, Endo. There, there's that meme out there where it's like, whenever you saw this movie, or whenever you saw this guy in, a, in an A's movie, you knew it was going to fucking rock. And it's true. It's fair. They, they're all good. Everything's right. good. No, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, he's in that. And like, Bill I, and Ted's. He was yeah. Genghis Khan. Yeah, that's right. Oh, fucking, yeah, because he's, he's like the, the stuntman. But who actually like learned how to speak yeah, English yeah. to like do roles, and people gave him roles. Wow. I heard he was so from cool. Iowa. Really? I heard he lived in Iowa. It's wow. Oh, I love this. While, I, while I you continue, I'm going to look this up. While you continue, this is a this is a great a great scene. Then it's a great back and forth. This is the uh, they're dividing and conquering on our heroes, right? And they're going to separate them out. Riggs. Was he, were you right? St. Louis. St. Which Louis. is where I grew oh, yeah, up. Yeah. So I had the same thing. Makes same sense. Thing. Makes sense. Uh, so. They they've got Riggs. They know he's a he's a hard boy. This he's taking the the shots at at a thousand yards with his with his rifle. We we can't we can't let that go. He makes that reference earlier on too. Uh, took a guy out in Saigon a thousand yards. Did a guy with so there's only like five people in the world who can make that. Yeah, shot. there's only five guys in the world who make that shot. And so he goes out and he does it again, taking shots. And so. They know he, his military background like that, his special forces background. They don't really need him, he says, but they got to they gotta make sure they, they know what he knows. So the endo scene, boy, this is, this is that, that <laughs> Mel Gibson body at work that he just gymnastics endo just into that wall, and it is pretty, pretty intense. I got it. I know how you get that body. Do you? Get a, a, a <laughs> skullet-headed... <laughs> Vietnamese person, uh, Chinese, Chinese think, yep. person Chinese. to uh, yeah. shock you yeah. while there's a waterfall and you will get ripped fucking yeah. abs. Electric therapy. Yes. There you go. Therapy Whoa. or torture, torture therapy, mm. torture therapy. By the way, <laughs> um, this is not to say anything less of, of Danny Glover in this movie. That that man is yoked in this oh, movie. Yeah. He, is. <laughs> he, is. he is. That bathtub was working for him. Oh, all yeah. right. And so, <laughs> so y'all have my shirt off. Yeah, you're okay. dang right I do. And so he's uh he is just uh taking a beating in the other room uh to all hell, tells him to Go spit that, that, that <laughs> while spit. while he himself is spitting up a lot of blood and uh, and then this is this is another part that was probably very dark in the other script. They bring in his daughter, like, yeah. and it's not implied what has or has yes, not yes, transpired. Also very dark, yeah. and you're just like, Ugh, don't like that at all. <laughs> I also uh, is are they they're in like a basement of like a venue, right? Yeah, like yeah. an LA nightclub. It's like the first time they were there. Speaking to dude, uh, the band was like rehearsing, and then they started playing. Like, I want to know: has this been has this band been playing the entire <laughs> fucking have. time? Right, holy! Because they get up there, it's like, yeah, we're playing, playing. And then I mean, gunshots start, and they're like, oh shit, we should probably. But I fully expected them to just not stop because it's an '80s movie. I <laughs> picture it no. being the same nightclub as the Ace Ventura one. Oh, okay. That where where like he guy goes down in the basement. Yeah, like I saw, that's what I picture it to be the <laughs> okay. same. They reuse those clubs. Yeah, there's only like one club in downtown LA. Why zombie? Sense. I think it's Cannibal Corpse. I think it, it's Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. And why zombies in Airheads? Yes. There you go. Yes. 
That was also, to finish out that scene, one of the uh, cheesiest lines of the movie, and there was many. Uh, what did the shepherd say to the shepherd? Oh, Let's yeah. Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty painful. It was like, <laughs> oh, oh. It, they're, they're definitely trying to force in the quips at this point because <laughs> they felt they haven't done enough throughout. <laughs> Let's get the flock out. Let's oh, get the man. flock out. I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, uh, that this is this is McAllister's demise as well. Yeah, and, McAllister uh, dies during and this. supposedly, gr- yeah, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly. We don't know. We don't really see a body. Um, but but <laughs> but uh, this is this is Murtaugh's redemption. No way you live. Yeah, no way. And he takes that. He cracks his neck. Takes that shot. Puts the driver down. And then they go for the classic, perfectly set up. <laughs> half ramp for that car (laughs) (laughs) and flip that thing over that boy goes up in grenades and heroin in the alleys of la man those dumpster lids are always down they're always down and they're always too long i don't understand garbage men need to get their fucking shit together (laughs) i I, uh, also the look on rig's face while he's chasing i think it's joshua yep uh is really really intense again you can just like again fully feel that like Vietnam revenge kind of like I feel it like the I don't switch, know about you guys. The switch was flipped. It's and just you like can't kill, turn it off. It's kill mode now. Yep. You know, and it's really fucking scary. And I, I mean, this is why we re- rewatch these things and the point of the podcast to uh, reevaluate this stuff. But it really works. the The whole tone of that scariness to me, and then the even the uh let's get the flock out of here works you know <laughs> and it's not i don't give it a pass just because it's an 80s movie yeah i i give it a pass because it really does just work for me yeah yeah absolutely i hear you well let's finish her out final scenes Riggs and murtaugh then head to murtaugh's home knowing mr joshua will head there to attack murtaugh's family who are absent Seeking revenge, Riggs engages Joshua in hand-to-hand combat on Murdoch's front lawn. After a long and brutal exchange, Riggs is the victor. As he's being handcuffed by two officers, Mr. Joshua overpowers the two arresting officers, steals one of their pistols, and attempts to shoot Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs and Murtaugh both draw their guns and fire simultaneously, killing Mr. Joshua. Murtaugh and Riggs are now solid friends, and Riggs spends Christmas Day at the Murdaugh home. Riggs gives Murtaugh a symbolic gift, the unfired hollow point bullet, which he's been saving to commit suicide with as he does not need it anymore. Fucking goes into the house and Murtaugh literally screws in one of the uh, Christmas light light bulbs while Christmas music is playing, literally putting a cap onto this movie. Yes. Oh, this. Why is this not talked about like Die Hard is? Right. I think this is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Thank you. Uh, big, big scene here. Uh, well, what do you say, Jack? You want a shot at the title? <laughs> so good. Love it. I love it. I love it. Fucking water um, pouring on all of them. It's a brutal fight. Oh, brutal. it is. It is. It is real brutal. And this is, this is street rules, prison rules, whatever you want to call it. Right. He gets that big pull and then he's, he throws him the nightstick and he's just like waving that back. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's that intensity from Mel Gibson, yes, his crazy is. side, man. You love that stuff. And it's, you see, still see the Christmas lights in the background. Like you say, that fire hydrant, it's, it's just a great scene. Yeah. It's, it, and it's really, um, like Roger Ebert in his review, it's really well choreographed and really well shot. Yeah. Like there's a lot of lens flares and stuff like that to keep it a little bit ambiguous and hide a little, hide a little bit because they are actors, mm-hmm. but also the actors performing those stunts and that fight and that choreography is really fucking impressive. And 
like a lot of action movies nowadays, besides John Wick, really, uh, they they will just real close up on their face, shaky cam while they're fighting, and cut like really fast cuts. But no, like all this is in camera, you can see it. It's a wide shot and it's like choreographed and it's great. Yeah, that's what these '80s movies did. They coined that kind of um, really down and down and dirty kind of fight in in movies. And like really you're in it. the fight. Yeah. Was there an easier way to attack Mr. Joshua than crashing a cop car through the house? <laughs> yeah, I think that like, was a little unnecessary to do your own home, but maybe you just did it for the insurance. Obviously, there was some other yes. construction happening inside the house. Great point. They're just like, you know what? Let's just send it on through. We'll chalk it up to the bad guys. It's got to be covered, right? So, uh, but then again, uh, fun fact, I don't know if acts of terrorism is actually uh, <laughs> okay, covered inside the policy. True. So very true. <laughs> well, it's like really fine print. Down yeah. yeah. And, and we do talk a, a lot about Riggs being a badass, but like maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but Murtaugh has had a bullet in his shoulder mm-hmm. since earlier in the day. Yeah. And he has not once made a complaint or anything. Like he's literally just acting like life is normal well yeah. even even 10 hours later r- even before he brings Riggs over for dinner in in a previous scene like they just they just got shot at yeah like a whole shit ton and he goes home to his family like it's nothing you know yeah it, <laughs> it's really impressive it really as a character is. you're just like wow this dude's scenes he he might been be getting too it. old for this shit yeah <laughs> it's like, it's, i think it's not it's like his life has progressed too much for it he goes home to his family like you say and like he just that What's man for dinner turn it off turn it on I mean, man that's a man right there yeah. like turn it turn it off i'm family man right now yeah and then the next morning i'm a cop i'm shooting at people you know yeah. with my shirt off do you know how many times he says i'm too old for this shit in the movie he actually okay you you okay. go okay you go. I, so, don't, I don't know he he says I, aj do you know is it is it three times? It's three in this times. One? Yeah, it's three times. And he actually never says, "I'm getting too old for this shit." Correct. Which is how, which is how we all yeah. think right. is what he says. It's, it's either like, "I'm too old," "I'm too old for this shit," or "I'm just too old for this shit." Or I'm like, really too old for yeah. this yeah, shit. Yeah, he yeah, never yeah. says, "I'm getting too old." Yeah, for it's this the shit. second movie where he says, "I'm getting too old for it," which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there it goes. Yeah, I'm getting more older for this. Yeah, shit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm now beyond old for this shit. As the minutes pass. I'm, I think I'm gonna be done with this soon. <laughs> at least, at least the uh, at least the cop car they drove through also had like you know bright Christmassy lights on top of it. That kind of helps the ambiance of the home. It really kind of brings it all together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like fuck uh, the Christmas tree. Let's yeah, just, let's just plow the <laughs> cop car into there. Let's just light the cherries <laughs> on top and just send it on through, baby. Um, the the demise of Joshua. You know, I get it. He's special forces and everything, but. Who are these other cops that they're just fumbling around? <laughs> Come on, it's the LAPD, man. These are like these are like the cops they had from Jingle goons. All the Way or something <laughs> like that. This just doesn't make any sense. This is un- that's the most unbelievable part of this movie, I think, is how unskilled the other cops are. They can't sing, they can't shoot, they can't hold a suspect. LAPD, LAPD, man, you're messing up. I think there's there's a lot of directors that make references, subtle references to L.A. Like in one of our favorite movies, Big Lebowski, like there was some subtle subtle (laughs) digs at LAPD in that. Maybe that was one of this ones too, you know? Just just letting the perp get the shit kicked out of him. Just like kind of sweeping it on the road, you know? (laughs) Well, that's not good. (laughs) Well, before we wrap this up, any any further thoughts about uh, the ending scene of the movie? I think I'm good. I just love how it ends. It like it it literally like it's a period on the movie. That that it's tightening the, of the light yes. bulb was amazing. It, they put a bow on it, man. Yeah. Uh, with the bullet that he hands him, like you said That's earlier, true, yeah. 
um, he's become this anchor for for Riggs, and they are he's a, they're part of fa- each other's family now at this point. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it was a really good way to end it. And uh, and again, it comes back. Hey, you mind if I bring a friend to dinner? And the dog hops out of the truck. Uh, you know? yeah, he knew that go. was going to happen the whole yeah. time. He, he knew. knew it. He knew. Uh, uh, one one final thing uh, for me. Uh, apparently, they got along like like that like within 30 minutes like when they when they got on set together they, they got along just like that which is really fun to that's, hear that's cool <laughs> well and it shows too and it, it's it shows why they're one of the most iconic yeah. duos i mean outcast one of my favorite groups of all time mm-hmm. in return of the g on equemini there's the line that says uh m- brothers from another mother kind of like mel gibson and danny glove oh, ah, cool. yes. and i've always been like yeah that's, of course makes perfect brothers sense. from another mother man <laughs> yeah if they can come together with their differences so can we yes yeah. remember to vote i'm sorry this will be out <laughs> this will be out after voting <laughs> this is out after the voting okay uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so AJ, now that we've revisited this yeah. as as adults, yes, with with our own fears and and you know struggles and stress of life, now that you've rewatched this, right, it's been building up in your head. What was your rating now critically with with a with a more critical eye? Uh, nine and a half. What did, what was your first rating? Eight and a half. Okay, so you went up. Yeah. Damn boy, the nostalgia gets movie. me. It's got to. The nostalgia pulls me back. It's got to come in you know, at least like, a little bit. Yeah. The nostalgia part of this. Yeah. Like, it, it really does. Like, like there's something about these movies that just really lock me in. Um, and so, and and you revisit it. And yeah, like, like, like Guy McOneStar said, okay, well... That's just not realistic. It's like, <laughs> of course it's not, man. It's supposed to be surreal. Not, you don't get it. It's... It's not. Yeah, you're right. He just doesn't get it. Yeah, and if and if you don't get it, that's fine. Um, but like, but don't don't cra- don't crash on the movie just because like you you think you can't believe it now. I can't believe most movies. <laughs> that's not why I watch movies. I can't believe real life, dude. Oh, that's not real. <laughs> I don't I don't believe in huge hulking apes from another like un- undiscovered island. But when I watch King Kong, I do. Yeah. Like fuck off. Would that guy give a negative rating to the Avengers? Like what the hell? <laughs> so like I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, AJ nine, love. Nine, this nine is one of five. your favorite movies. Love these of all time. movies. Love love them uh, to death. Yes. Sean, what about you? Uh, I was probably like an eight or like a B B plus um, when I first saw. It. I'm probably like eight point five to nine. Probably solid nine. Slight improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's solid. It's. I, I I know I know your love of this of these movies and I know that plays into it. Yeah, I love it, but you know it's it's an action eighties movie that it's just, it's like in like I said like in the DNA. Whenever it's on, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, when, if Lethal Weapon's playing, let's go let's go. We see need it. to watch that. Yeah, agreed. I had I had no issues with it, but for me it dropped. I was a nine as a kid, like yeah. boobies action, you know. <laughs> but like I think I'm I think I'm more of a seven now. So I'm coming to where I feel like it should be. Um, Maybe it's because my opinion of Mel Gibson has changed so much from like <laughs> I used to love Mel Gibson. He was so cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, God, Mel Gibson. No, you're a weird one now. It seems yeah. really broken. Uh-huh. It's like then this happened, then this happened, <laughs> yeah. then this happened. He had a weird run there in the past, like in, in the <laughs> in the late two thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like maybe I remember just liking the other movies better, like the other Lethal Weapons better, because I was waiting yeah. for the toilet explosion. Oh yeah, scene, yeah, yeah. And that didn't yeah, happen. I was, I was waiting for it's just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> But it didn't come. So to me, in my brain, I haven't seen it as much as a- as AJ. So like they were all like one movie to me. Yeah. So like to me, it's just a, a solid freaking seven. Sure, that's Good. great. No, awesome. 
You're not mad at me? No, I'm not mad, okay. Mike. I'm just I'm a little disappointed, but that's okay. I'm mad that he's not mad, to be honest. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was prepared. I took a step back from my microphone. <laughs> well, um, man, we really appreciate you guys being here. Um, for everybody playing along at home, uh, join us in two weeks for our next episode. We will be oh, discussing Big. Oh, Big. yeah. Starring Tom Hanks. Directed by Penny Marshall. Yes. Penny Marshall, who was uh, in Hocus Pocus. You bet. There That's you right. go. So carve some time to watch that episode in your spare time and join us for episode number four. AJ, what do the people got to do before we get out of here? You got to make sure that you share this with your friends. You got to make sure that you like us, you review us. Give us five star ratings, not one star. There's nothing. There's no point to spend your time doing less than less than a five star review. No, guys. Must have a vendetta against Absolutely. us. Absolutely, yes. we'll find out. Who you, you know are. what? We if, will. If we did something to wrong you, if 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 we if if you don't agree that you know Thackeray Banks or or what's <laughs> isn't isn't hot, I guess we we made a mistake. He's Our a bad. He's a smoke show. That's right. So. <laughs> So, but make sure you guys do uh, rate, review, leave us some comments. We'll read your reviews on on the next show uh, as they come on through. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, all the great places that you could possibly listen to a podcast. Probably the one you're listening to right now. So, uh, you can also find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Confused Be Fast. Everywhere else, it is Confused Breakfast. Nice. All right. Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at SeanPrat237 if you want to see my druthers. <laughs> A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S. That's A-J say, Benz right? anywhere on, on, on the internet or social media. And I, I still have my same old Twitter handle. It's the official fart podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, I just don't have the podcast anymore, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I hope this is real. Oh, hell, you I never know. I want it to be gone. real. It's gone, Maybe huh? we'll bring it back. Uh, Maybe our Patreon members, members will get to listen to Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah, when, when we get the Patreon. Patreon will be coming, guys. We've got so many fun <laughs> things in store for you. So. I mean, yeah, there's so many movies from from the 70s. Man, yes. saying there it that's, is. That's my bag. All right, we'll cue the music. We're gonna get out of here. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.